0: Well, in February 2021, a human chain of 150 volunteers held hands and slowly waded into the sea. Their aim was to stop what remained of a pod of long-finned pilot whales from re-stranding themselves at Farewell Spit at the top of the South Island. Their efforts that day were successful, with 38 of the 49 that had become stranded guided back out into the ocean. The day's been marked in a new book called Stranded, written by Linda Jane Keegan and illustrated by Isabel Joy ta'aho-White. It tells the story from the point of view of one of the stranded whales and includes useful panels of information about whales and how to help them in a stranding. Linda and Isabel are with us now. Kia ora kōrua. Lovely to talk. Welcome.
1: Kia ora. Kia Catherine. Thanks for having me. So, Linda, this, I
0: think, began with a personal experience for you. Can you tell us what happened?
1: Yes, that's right. So I'm in the uh, Project Jonah volunteer database. I did their training um, quite a few years ago. So I got a text saying um, there's a stranding happening, stand by, get your stuff together. Um, and I headed out there and there was um, a lot of people already there. And, um, yeah, I just joined in and started helping out.
0: And what was your experience of it?
1: Um, it was a really interesting experience. It's you sort of think you're going to arrive there and you're immediately going to do things but the nature of farewell spit is that it's kilometers long of flat um sand so it's actually about two kilometers to walk out to actually where the whales were when we got there uh, and then it was a lot of uh digging out whales so that we could get them upright uh pouring water over them to keep them cool and um just kind of cycling through that throughout um the afternoon until we could wait for the tide to come back in to refloat them
0: I think you'd actually done quite a bit of uh, training for this. Is it different when you're actually there in the moment, however?
1: Well, I had done the training probably nearly 10 years ago and I hadn't ended up using it. Uh, I lived in Auckland and there's not so many strandings there as there is in uh, Golden Bay. Um, but when you're there, I think, because I wasn't one of the first, there are many really people there and going through the motions, so I just joined in um, and you just get, get into it. What gear is
0: needed, by the way, um, if you are going to do this? I know there's lots of information in the book about what to do if you want to participate in something like this, but what do you actually need to do it and do it safely?
1: Right, so often project owner and Department of Conservation collaborate um, and they often have gear nearby. So, for instance, the the Takaka Dock, Uh, crew have got lots of gear that they take out there already which is buckets and spades and sheets and pillowcases um, to cover the whales with Um, but if you were going to a stranding or you were the first one there those are things you would grab as well as stuff for yourself so you can't go into the water um, unless you're wearing a wetsuit to to take the whales out and um, just warm clothing and changes of clothes sun hats, sunglasses um, food and things um, to look after yourself it's no good you also needing help once you're out there as well
0: What's it like once you are involved with a whale? Uh, I think often people will work with just one whale if there's enough people. Uh, Is there any kind of connection forged, or are you just very focused on the job at hand?
1: I think a bit of both. You are just—it's. I think at first focused on getting the job done, but then you're there for quite a while. It's like a long haul afternoon or day or whatever time it is. And I guess you sort of feel some kind of a connection. You're kind of right up close to the whale. You're right there pouring water, talking to it, kind of just being there. Um, Just I guess it is a connection. I couldn't really know how to describe it, but um, it does feel sort of quite special to be um, that close up to such an amazing animal.
0: So then when it came to deciding you'd pen a children's book about it, what did you draw on? Uh, because it is a, it's a sensitive and emotional issue and sometimes obviously a very sad issue. Often these re-floatings don't work. Um, and in this case, some whales were lost, but it was very successful. Most weren't. What did you think about when you came to writing a book for younger readers?
1: I wanted to capture um, both the sense of community from the people coming to help um, and both the loss of, you know, that's the reality is that often we can't save any, some or all of the whales or the dolphins um, and I wanted to capture that sense of loss but also that sense of hope and that people coming together to really um, try and save these animals because it's just a, a I, there aren't really words for it I just I mean sort of getting goosebumps now just thinking about being there um, but it's a kind of an incredible experience and that you ca- I wanted to kind of capture that as well as, you know, put in those facts there so that people could understand um, a little bit more about uh, the ecology and the background of how they might end up there, even that's though your it's own really known exactly. Um...
0: Go on. No, I was going to say that's your own background, I think, was in ecology at one stage?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I studied ecology. Um, that's sort of where I had heard about, I think, Project John. I'm not even sure where I first heard about them, but... Um, you know, some of my university lecturers were quite heavily involved in um, cetacean research, so I don't know if that's where I first heard of it, but, um, yeah, that's my personal interest and um, study background, yes. What unfolds
0: in the story?
1: Uh, so we start with um, a pod of whales swimming and catching fish um, and then realising that they are um, getting close to the sea floor and that the tide's going out, so it's from the perspective of, um, of one of these pilot whales and they realise they're stranded and the tide goes out and they're all um, stuck on the beach and then people come and start helping them. Uh, and then I kind of went through the stranding as it happened um, in reality where actually it didn't all just happen in one day. The first day we had to wait for the tide and we refloated some, um, but the next day quite a few had restranded um, because it takes them quite a long time to reorient themselves to being um, floating again. Uh, so it was, um, I think, a three-day affair for the whole thing.
0: And often they'll head out and then come back in again. What happened in this case?
1: Um, in this case, well, what they try and do, and that's as you uh, mentioned earlier about all the holding hands and standing um, in the water, that's to try and prevent them when you refloat from coming back in. Um, but I think in this case, they just weren't ready to head back out. They were still getting their balance back, maybe still reconnecting um, with the other whales in the pod. Um so some of them just didn't go, they just didn't go anywhere and they re-stranded just from where we had sort of floated them out to. Um, you'll remind me what you asked now, sorry.
0: Oh, just just what unfolded. Did they did they come back or, uh, as we said, most did in time head out successfully to sea?
1: Yes. Yes, so um, after that first night, quite a few re-stranded and then we refloated they Well, I wasn't there the second day, but they were refloated um and most of them... Um, as you mentioned earlier, went out, and then we had a few losses from from the beginning and on throughout the throughout the time. Isabel Joyta White
0: is our other guest. She is the illustrator. Thank you, uh, Linda. Uh, Isabel is the illustrator. How did
2: you come to this project, Isabel? So I was um, contacted by uh, Linda Jane via email, and. Um, yeah, she sent me through a draft of the manuscript and asked me to, um, if I would be interested on, in, um, getting on board. And I was, when I read the manuscript, I was quite, um, struck with how empathetic it, it is and, um, how it was from the perspective of the whales, which is something that I hadn't seen before. So yeah, on reading it, I was very keen, um, to be on board. And then we started the process of, uh, getting in touch with the publisher, um, with Bateman Books. And um, yeah, um, the process just moved on from there. And it, it was one of those projects that just felt really um, good from start to finish and we were um, always in, in contact over the duration of the project.
0: What did you use to uh, inform your illustration? Did you visit the site at all or were photographs the main source of, of the technical side of
2: this? Yeah, so I I live and work in Wellington, so um, I pretty much relied strongly on um, videos and on uh, photographs, um, particularly of the uh, most recent um, stranding. So, yeah, I pretty much studied those um, so that I could create my compositions with that. What was the... um
0: way that you bring, uh, I guess, the whale, whale's perspective through illustration. As you say, this is what is innovative in the way the story is told. And how did that affect your illustration when it's kind of first-person whale?
2: Yeah, um, so I started um, visualising the illustrations from the sort of eye level of the whale, which meant I had to sort of get into the perspective of the whale with the things happening around happening around the pod. Um, So I sort of had a a thought about um, storyboarding from that perspective.
0: There are certain motifs that repeat throughout it. Can you explain more about those? The koru, for example.
2: Yeah, so um, that particular um, motif is based around a puhoro design which Um, it symbolises movement, and I wanted to capture the movement of the whales. So when they're in the water, it's a lot stronger, and then when they're stranded, it becomes a lot more faint because they have less mobility. So I was using that um, design to sort of uplift what was in the text and illustrations as well to add another dimension.
0: Thanks, Isabel And Linda-Jane, as we said, writing this from the perspective of the Stranded Whale um, puts you in a whole different headspace, quite literally. Uh, Did it come easily to you?
1: Um, That's a good question. I think I just, having spent such a long day out there with them, I kind of just tried to imagine what it would be like. I mean, I I guess I had a lot of time to think while we were out there for a whole day, um, being close up with them and pouring the water and doing all of that um trying to imagine what it might be like yeah I guess I mean yeah I I mean it is of course just coming from the imagination but um I mean whales and other cetaceans are all incredibly intelligent animals and it's um I hope that it captures the idea of what it might be like for them uh, animals are always a wonderful uh,
0: topic for young readers. I know you've had another book at least uh, focusing on this case, uh, cheeky and naughty penguins. I recall my colleague Charlotte Cox reported on the penguin in the sushi shop, I think, if it's the same one in, uh, in Wellington, is it?
1: Yes, that's right. Um, so that is based on those um, little korora uh, nesting under the sushi shop in downtown Wellington, which I thought um, naturally lended itself to um, a children's picture book.
0: Thank you both, Linda Jane Keegan and Isabel Joy to Aho White and the new book is called Stranded.